All right, brethren, if you will, let's open to Genesis 29. Genesis 29. Uh, I printed out the year-end financial statement there on the back table. Uh, I put that out for you. Take it, be diligent, and look at it. We'll learn something about that in a little bit. <laughs> Don't just close your eyes and think everything's going to be okay. It might not be. Uh, or it might be better than you think. But take that and, and look it over. Uh, Genesis 29, uh, we'll be looking at Jacob and what ends up having two wives, really four wives. Uh, I was eager to touch on this, and but there's so much here. This, this diamond has more facets on it than you can imagine. And I feel like I'm trying to pick out a jewel for you out of a field that's packed full, knee-deep with jewels. <laughs> Which one do I give? <laughs> and then uh, I talked to Brother Todd this week, and uh, we were talking about John and some of the books and stuff. And he said, um, you know, he's been in John 3 for like five or six weeks. And I said, good, we might spend five or six weeks in Genesis 29. Then we start talking about Jacob and his life. And Anyway. I'm excited to be here at all. But what we don't cover today, we may spend several weeks here in this. They're just packed full. We'll begin in verse 11, Genesis 29, 11. And Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. And it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him, and kissed him, and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him the space of a month. And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my brother, shouldest thou therefore serve me for naught, for nothing? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. That term tender-eyed means blear-eyed. So people say, well, she, had, she was tender-eyed, she, she had pretty eyes. Can you say, can't you say something nice about somebody? Well, she, I liked her eyelashes. <laughs> she wasn't appealing. She was, she was the ugly, ugly one. But blear-eyed means dim, a film over them, bloodshot. It wasn't pretty eyes, it was ugly eyes. And that was the best thing they had to say about her. Leah was tender eyed, but Rachel, beautiful, well favored, well equipped, blessed of God. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. What's the wages of my work, of my labors? Her. I want Rachel. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to thee than I should give her to another man. You're just better than everybody else. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel. Boy, seven hard years, wouldn't it? Nope. They seemed unto him but a few days. Why? How could seven years seem like a few days? For the love he had to her. The love he had to her. And Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. We have a bachelor party. 
it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him, and he went in unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah, a maid for an handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, Jacob spoke to Laban, What is this thou hast done unto me? Did I not serve with thee for Rachel? Isn't that the covenant, the contract we went into? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, It must not be done so in our country. The rules to give the younger before the firstborn. Well, you didn't you didn't know that walking into this? I know we made a covenant, but the rules say the firstborn gets married first, and then down the birth order. That's our rules. He says, Fulfill her week. And we will give thee this also for the service which thou hast served me yet seven other years. You stay another seven years and I'll give you Rachel. And Jacob did so. Fourteen years just passed. You see that? Quick, wasn't it? Blink of an eye. Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. And he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife also. And Laban gave to Rachel his daughter Bilhah, his handmaid, to be her maid. And he went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah, and served with him yet seven other years. He loved Rachel also more than Leah. Rachel was the first love. Verse 31. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. She was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son. And she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. He gave me a child. The Lord knew I just, boy, I just had it rough. I've had it so hard. And now, because I've done something, now Jacob's going to love me. I've, I've had fruit. Now he's going to love me. Mm-mm. And she conceived again, verse 33, and bare a son and said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me. Now he's going to love me. Third time's a charm. Because I have borne him three sons, therefore she called his name Levi. And she conceived again and bare a son and she said, Now will I praise the Lord. There's a whole message. Now I praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah and left bearing. She stopped having children. This is a story. This is a story. We read it, and and there's characters in the story, and it's saying something. And we learn really well from stories, don't we? We learn well from illustrations. man got on to me one time years ago, and he said, preachers ought not use illustrations. And I said, well, the Lord did. (laughs) He gave the sense of the text, didn't he? He gave us those things, spoke to us in a way we could understand things. He explained it to us, didn't he? But we have this story here, and we can learn a lot from this story. That's what Paul told us. He said, for what sort of things are written aforetime were written for our learning. How can you learn something if nobody teaches you? We've got to learn some things, don't we? This young, strapping teenager, Jacob. Oh, wait, he was well up in his 70s. He had to learn some things. The Lord had to teach him some things, didn't he? For what sort of things written aforetime for our learning, that through patience and comfort of the Scriptures we might have hope. That's just in our daily walk. We've got to learn some things, don't we? But this story, it's a scandalous story. Hollywood would love to get a hold of it. <laughs> love to. What can be learned from this? 
what can we learn? Here's the, here's the man, Jacob, that went in and fell in love with Rachel. So love at first sight. He lifted that stone that all the, the multitude of the other ones couldn't move. It took all of them to do it. And he just went and moved it for her when he saw her. And he kissed her. He was declared his love first and foremost. And he never stopped loving her. He went seven years and then woke up with the wrong sister and then went another seven years. Why? For love's sake. For love's sake. That's what he did, isn't it? And then he's, so now he's got two wives, and each of them have a handmaid. He's got four wives. It's trouble. It's trouble. Todd said this, I got to. One bride's a lot of trouble. I'm playing. He's got four, don't he? What could we learn from all this? What would we learn from this? Well, first we can learn something about marriage. They had a feast together, didn't they? They had a potluck supper. Get all the fellows together. We're going to have something to eat, something to drink celebrate a little bit but there was no ceremony there was no ceremony that was had they didn't walk down an aisle see that later they didn't walk down an aisle and they didn't bow their vows and do all these things he went in and he laid with leah they're married they're married this is a foreign language i'm speaking somebody's got to tell this generation whenever you go and lay with someone you're married god says so he said, the two shall become one. That's what that means, isn't it? Jacob laid with Leah and they're married. That's a serious thing. Marriage is a serious thing. God used it to give us a picture of Christ and his church and his bride. Marriage is a serious thing. It's a man and a woman. How did I say this? Isn't that foolish? Marriage is between a man and a woman. The Lord forbids... Uh, homosexuality why because it goes just like false religion it goes through all the motions of benevolence of, of grown-up activity and it cannot produce life Did you know that it, this covers polygamy too doesn't it what did the lord say one man one woman he said the two shall become one not this one and four other ones and this one and ten other ones or this one and two other ones man and a wife isn't it one husband, he said, wives, you submit to your own husbands. Your own husbands. Lord gave, gave you a husband, listen to him. Uh, if somebody else has listened to this, Lord gives you a pastor, listen to him. He didn't give you 50, he gave you one. Listen to him. Uh, Lord gave you one Savior, one God. We bow to him. We don't bow to every God, we bow to him, don't we? We should enter into marriage with seriousness and diligent, not drunken with closed eyes. Not, not flippantly, sober and eyes wide open. That's how we physically we ought to enter into marriage. If you're going to get married, children, don't do it on a whim. Spend, have, be diligent. Have your eyes open. And that's hard to do when you're lo- young and you can't tell the difference between love and lust. Well, people th- say they're in love. No, you're not. You're in lust. That's what you're in. That's hard to do. Jacob was over 70 years old here, though, wasn't he? Well, you think he's learned some things, hadn't he? Hadn't he grew in wisdom and he's matured some? He's been walking this walk a long time. He knows a whole bunch. Nope. Was he patient and careful? Did he double check? <laughs> nope. He didn't, did he? How'd this even happen? I've, I've thought long and hard about this. How'd that happen? How'd that, was it just too much wine at the feast? There's a lesson in sobriety, isn't it? Be, be sober-minded. Be serious is what that means. 
but don't be drunken with wine too. Don't lay up drunk. Was it too much wine at the feast or, or had he waited too long already? He couldn't see a difference. The lights were, it wasn't that dark in that room, was it? He could tell the difference. He'd waited a long time for Mrs. Wright and she wasn't available, so he took Miss Wright now. Isn't that what happened? I don't know which one it was, but all of them, everybody in this situation, they're all flippant toward the marriage that the Lord honors. They're all flippant towards it. Hebrew writer said, Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. That's so. It needs said. Lord said it, didn't he? Well, the Lord's going to chase him. Jacob. He's going to chase his children. Won't <laughs> it? It says, whoever the Lord loves, he chasteneth. He doesn't punish, he chases them, corrects them, doesn't he? For what? Why does the Lord chasten us? We're going to be, be with Jacob for a while. We're going to see all the boneheaded things he does and the things I've done. I see it in him. And, but why does the Lord chasten us? For our sins. The Lord's faithful to teach his children and correct his children, and he's going to teach Jacob, and he's going to teach all us too. Us that are his, he's going to teach us. Marriage should be entered into with great seriousness, seriousness and consideration and prayer. And I always tell you, I said, it's, it's the same throughout it. We have a pattern set. That's in the home, isn't it? And, and what about a, if, if somebody's listening, if there's a group somewhere listening, that, listen, there's more people listen to us uh, online and sermon audio than there is that meet here. Do you know that? Uh, so people out there listening, uh, if you're going to get you a pastor, I told you folks here what I say. I said, you don't want your daughter getting married after two dates, do you? No, be serious. Get to know them. See how they handle a trial or something. See what kind of person you're dealing with. Don't jump into it. Don't be foolish. What's that translate to? That's in the home. That's in the local assembly. What about the body of Christ? The people just, I'll have Jesus today. I'll accept Jesus as my personal Savior. You guys want to go get lunch? Flippant, isn't it? Ah, you better. That's what the Lord came to that man, and they said, you tired of being crippled and he said would you be made whole you consider that you have to give up some stuff you have to cast this world away you may have to give up mother and father and brother and sister and lands and and grandbabies and dogs and parakeets and everything else whatever you hold dear will you will you be made whole there's a lesson there isn't it consider it i wonder why they came up with walking an aisle Everybody says, come down the front of the church. Uh, you're married whenever the Lord enters his bride, don't know. And he reveals himself, same as we're marrying a redeemer. What else can we learn from this? Lesson in depravity. We learn about marriage. There's some plain spoken things that people ought to ask about and instead of just blindly walking into in the dark. The Lord has, has something to say about it. Next thing we can learn is depravity. Jacob's overcome with desire and selfishness, isn't he? He, he wasn't tricked too awful bad. He was either drunk, which is selfishness and desire, flagons of wine, or he was looking for Ms. right now. And then he'll, we'll just act like this was a, sh a sham tomorrow. <laughs> he was overcome with it. Laban's overcome with the same thing, selfishness. Looking out for number one, desire. He, well, we'll get to it in a minute. He come running whenever he saw Eleazar. <laughs> Leah, same thing. Rachel, really the same thing too. 
Well, she doesn't have a hand in this. Oh, there's some selfishness going on. Not wanting to make dad angry. Well, I don't want to make my sister angry. Self-preservation and under the well, under the rules of not breaking the law. I don't want to break the law. That's easy. People want to keep the Sabbath. Well, do they own a lazy boy? <laughs> make me sit down. That's, you become an adult and they send you to your room, so you've got to go to bed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure when you grow up. Isn't it? Jacob, he, why was he there in the first place? Who's wrong in this situation? I wrote this down too. Who's wrong in this whole situation, this family affair? Everybody involved. Which, which man has sinned and come short of the glory of God? Everybody involved. <laughs> Everybody from Adam. Isn't it? Jacob, why was there in the first place? Tricked his brother. Stole the inheritance, didn't he? Lied on those things. Ran for his life. His brother's going to kill him. And his, his mom went in and helped him, and they tricked her dad. And Isaac said, oh, you know, I don't want him marrying a woman from here. Send him away. Okay, yeah. So we got full consent. <laughs> He's on the lamb, wasn't he? He didn't have anything. Coming to this other country, looking for a wife, but looking to save his own skin. And then he's the one that said, Why, what is this that thou hast done unto me? The trickster was tricked. The one that did wrong had wrong done to him. He forgot what he had done, hadn't he? He was up on his proud horse. Who are you to do this to me? Have you ever done that? Have I ever done that? Why would they ever say, think, do, act, speak, write, whatever? To me. To me. You know who I am? He forgot who he was. Laban, back in chapter 24, 70 years before, Eleazar came. That faithful servant. Boy, what a... What a man that was. He come looking for Rebecca, didn't he? And they, he brought loads of stuff, jewels and chariots and camels and all these things, riches. La- uh, Laban got ear of it and went running. He ran. Said, Whoa, what can we do for you? <laughs> greedy, greedy, looking out for himself. One of the old writers said, you know what he's trying to do here? He's, he's pulling this trick to get rid of both daughters. <laughs> I'm going to get a two-for-one sale. I'm going to have a hard time getting rid of Leah. Let's get things moving. And he used the love and the beauty of his other daughter to pawn off his firstborn. What a self-serving man, isn't he? Horrible. He, and then 70 years later, so he's 100 and some years old, he ran to meet Jacob. He got went. But boy, if, if my brother-in-law was rich 70 years ago, imagine how rich his son is now. They've had decades of them herds growing. Woo-hoo-hoo. I'm going to retire good. Selfish. Leah. Knowing exactly what she was doing. Knowing exactly what she was doing. She agreed to all this. She just wanted to be married. And she knew. She knew that this man who'd been around the house for seven years, working for free, did it all for love. And you think he bragged on Rachel? Day's coming, honey. What kind of house you want? What kind of car you want to drive? What kind of chariot you want? Oh, just talked about her. Is that thing heavy? Oh, it ain't heavy. No, uh-uh. It's, it's light. Where's Rachel? She said, this man loves my sister who is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. You know what? I'm going to sneak right in there. She knew exactly what she was doing. What about Rachel? She's not without blame. She knew all this was happening. That man she loved, that loved her first, that man that served seven years for her, that she quietly stayed back and waited on, didn't she? And now he's going to be deceived. And she didn't stand up to her daddy. And she didn't stand up to her mommy, and she didn't stand up to her sister. She just let it happen to save her own skin. 
that seven years that he served for his bride. You know, that's what we looked at the first hour. And he said that was nothing for love's sake. That was like a couple of days. Easy peasy. We got something to learn about love, don't we? We got something to learn about love. There's a lesson here in sovereignty and grace. Sovereign grace. Sovereign mercy. What the Lord does. What good could come all this? Have you ever heard somebody say, Lord ain't in this? Better watch your words. He's in all things, isn't he? I need to watch my words. He's in all things, isn't he? Lots cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. Man does the sinning, and God does the reigning. He purposes these things, but it's man's the one that does the sinning, isn't it? But the Lord's sovereign over the whole thing. What good can come there? Something good's going to come of it. What good can come from whatever you're going through right now? The Lord sent it. My times are in your hands, isn't it? Uh, either the Lord governs absolutely everything or he is governed. Let's remember that in November whenever there's an election. Okay? Let's remember that whenever the, the, the health department comes out and says we've got to do something. Let's remember that three years ago when the Lord says put masks on. He either governs all things or he's governed. Is our times in his hand? I hope so. I hope he grows us to act like it, doesn't it? Well, if that's the case, maybe we ought to just do more bad things. Oh, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That's what's going to happen here. But what should we say then? Shall we sin that grace may abound? That's childish. God forbid. You're looking self-serve. Knock it off. Paul said, God forbid. God forbid it. We know that all things work together for good. All things to them that love God. Never said, well, everything's going right. All things work together for good. Well, not for everybody. Them that love God, them are called according to his purpose. Because he does everything on purpose. This happened on purpose. This looks like a mess. And that nothing could good, good could come from it. And it's going to get worse. <laughs> he just got two right now. It's going to get worse. What good's going to come? Twelve sons are going to be born out of this debacle. Out of this disaster, 12 tribes of Israel are going to come from it. They were all sinners. All sin. They were conceived in sin. They came forth speaking womb, from the womb speaking lies, just like me. Just like us, I think. Among whom we also had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh. That's what we was looking out for. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. That's what all of them was in it for. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. We ain't no different than nobody else. But God, I chose. No, you didn't. You did not. But God, God does the saving. God does the choosing. But God, who is rich in mercy. Why would he do all that? For his great love, wherewith he loved us. <laughs> Why did he suffer them seven years? Or in Lamentations 3, for the great love wherewith he loved us. This is the Lord's family tree. Do you know that? This is part of his, this is the 12 tribes of Israel. That's what's going to come out of this. Family tree. Tell me about your family tree. Would you omit some things? Well, I have great pedigree and heritage and generals and governors and 
murderers and harlots and whores and prostitutes and drug smugglers and everything else. Did you tell about them? Well, mass murderers. I got, I'm related to a mass murderer. You got to come out telling people the Lord chose his family. Would you choose that family? He chose us to be his family. He's numbered with transgressors, isn't he? God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, this is for me. He's an Iraqi idol worshiper. That's throwing babies off a mountain. I'll tell you, he's up in the 70s and God saved him. Think of Jacob, this whole mess he's in. He's going to have Judah. That's born of Leah. Then Judah grows up. He gets married. His wife dies. He's got a daughter-in-law named Tamar. Disguises herself as a prostitute. He lays with her. Has a child. Rahab, that harlot, she finally got settled down, didn't she? What good could come of all this? She got married, had a baby. Name was Boaz. Remember Lot and that incestuous relationship with his daughters? It's absolutely horrible. It's inexcusable. That's bad. Moab is one of the children born. Well, what, what good could come out of Moab? Well, there's a little girl named Ruth down there, wasn't there? She married Boaz. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Mm, that's the Lord's heritage, isn't it? That's the family the Lord chose. We shun those things. Don't look at them. Oh, don't touch them. Don't taste them. Don't smell them. Get away from them. That's bad. That's bad. It is bad. We are too. Those scribes and those Pharisees, they murmured. They said, this man receiveth sinners and he eats with them. He's sitting out eating and drinking with sinners. Amen. Ain't that good? <laughs> it's good news for a sinner. <laughs> it's a fact on the wall for a dead man. Might as well write on tubes. Don't make a difference to them, do it? That's good news. This is a faithful saying, and it's worthy of all acceptation. Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. Sinners of whom I'm chief. And I just want to, I bet Paul was short. And I just want to rub on top of that little head of his and say, I know you really think that, buddy, but you're number two. This is the chief. What do you say, Bob? You think me and Paul's both young, youngins that don't know nothing? You're chief, ain't you? Every one of us, we're the chief, ain't we? This story, that's the story. That's what happened. We can learn. That's a gospel, too, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that the gospel? That's what somebody's talking about, milk and meat. You ever ate a steak and not had something to drink with it? That's just you can't go have one without the other, you know. That's the gospel. What the Lord did for us, his great love wherewith he loved us. And he abounded towards us and he was committed and he entered into a covenant with the one that ruled over us and redeemed us with his labor and his work while we sat there quietly. Didn't even know it was happening, did we? And it, and then made us fruitful made us have children that's just the story we can learn a lot depravity marriage sobriety uh, modesty learn a lot from that here's the gospel story here's the gospel story jacob's an imperfect picture of the lord jesus christ because all men are imperfect pictures of the god man that's why he came if Jacob could have been a perfect picture, the Lord used him, and he didn't. He sent his son, his only begotten son. And so the, the, the heathen can pick at the briars all they want, but they'll get over it. I've heard this preached several different ways. I said this was a diamond with a whole lot of facets. I've heard messages that Leah has the Jews and Rachel has the Gentiles because the Lord said go to the Jews first, didn't he? 
And she was born first. That was the firstborn. And that's right. It's right to do that. If you hear a message by somebody that ain't your pastor that preaches that, just listen to it. You might learn something. That's right. I've heard it preached that Rachel is the Jews and Leah's a Gentile. She has more children than them all. All of them combined, all four of them, she has six of them. The Lord's abounded us, us Gentiles, it's ugly. And us Gentiles, it's unappealing to the world and everybody else. The Lord's increased the Gentiles greatly. He saved a lot of Gentiles. And then at the end, Rachel's going to have Benjamin in there. I've seen Leah preached as the law. She must first be dealt with. That's right, too. What's the jewel for today? <laughs> Which jewel in this, in this big old field are we going to look at? Leah is a picture of this religious world. The picture of those that profess religion. They talk a good game. They know all the right words to say. And they're tricksters. Rachel is the true bride of Christ. There's one that's pretend, one that's in, in word only, and there's one that's really loved, one that's really a bride. Leah was bride name only. Jacob entered that covenant for Rachel only, didn't he? Isn't that what happened before? He didn't say, I'll enter in covenant for whoever, whichever one you feel like giving me. Whichever one will be glad to be my wife, that's the one, I'll, I'll take all comers. He said, that's the one I want. What's the price? Seven years. Seven years, everything went through the first hour. And he said, I'll do it. Like a few days. For love's sake, good night. Jacob loved Rachel. And whoever the Lord loves, everything's going to be all right. You've got life eternal. And it's in him. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. may not look fine. You may not think it's fine. And that don't matter. It is fine. Everything works out to good, don't it? He set his eye on Rachel. Didn't he? Why was he there? He come looking for a bride. He saw her first coming up to that well. Jacob was still good to Leah, though, wasn't he? She still had a roof over her head. She had food in her belly and had a bunch of kids. He served Leah. He provided for Leah. But don't you ever confuse the Lord providing for this world or people in this world uh, and him not killing his enemies instantly. Don't confuse that with love. Just because somebody's blasphemously preaching a false doctrine or something, God doesn't strike them down dead right then, which some of us sons of thunder would love to see happen. Uh, don't confuse that for Lord loving. He said he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends the rain on the just and the unjust. Those that curse him eat his food. Those that curse him breathe his air. And they just might be one of us. Rachel was the true bride, not Leah. Leah saw Jacob and what he could do for her. And she didn't want the one that she loved. She wasn't out to, I have to have this one. I love this one. She just didn't want to be single. There's a whole lot of people want to go to heaven. They don't want to go to where Christ is. A fool doesn't want to go to hell. A fool doesn't want to keep law. <laughs> they want to be freed from that. A fool don't want these things, right? That's just good common sense. Leah didn't want to be single. She didn't love Jacob. She didn't love him. She didn't care for him. Marriage wasn't for love. It was for benefit. And so she plotted and she maneuvered to get in there. She schemed up a plan with who? Her evil father. Her wicked father. That's who she schemed that up with. Who's the evil father of unbelievers? Who's that? The Lord told those Pharisees. He's the one behind false religion, isn't he? 
saying all these things. To the Pharisees, he said, you are of your father, the devil. Does that mean people wearing funny underwear and believing little green men's coming out of space and these outlandish nonsense? No, that's just stupidity. They're just idiots. What did Paul What did Paul write that whole letter to the Galatians for? To, to people that professed and claimed to believe five-point Calvinism. But come over to the side. Now, now, now you got to be circumcised, okay, or baptized, or tithe, or Sabbath, or whatever, fill in the blank. You verb something. you got to do something. He said, it's not another that is. This ain't something that's real similar. He looked the words up another. This ain't something. This is wildly different. He wrote that whole book for that. Lord used it, didn't he? This is greatly different. Natural man thinks that they scheme and they work hard and they plan that they can con the Lord into loving them. And I got a flesh just like anybody else does. Hard times come on me. I thought, I've gave up everything for this gospel. To serve his people. And I, you know what I've walked away from? <laughs> That's my flesh. That's what that is. Think I can twist. Surely I'll be the Lord's. Look what I've done for him. <sighs> That's that old man. Wicked in me, isn't it? That's the father of the devil. If you produce a bunch of fruit. <laughs> if you do a lot of good works. Then surely he will love you. You know what Leah said over and over again? I had a child. Well now he's going to love me. I had another child. I had another convert. Now he's going to love me. Every one of her children was bad, too. <laughs> Every one of them. Look at all my beautiful, my little angels. Hogwash. Hogwash. They're unproductive. <laughs> Knuckleheads, wasn't they? We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. Mankind can't make God love him. You love him because he first loved us. He has to be the originator. To say make God, to say let God, to say use God or convince God, and all these other things, it's absolute anti-God. It's anti-Christ. It's against the gospel. That's so. That's so. And people that can sit underneath that junk and listen to it, they ain't got ears to hear. They're lost. They're dead. They ain't got a living heart in them. That's what this is sanctify yourself. Okay. People think that's something holy. Oh, well, I'm going to read the scriptures 15 times a day and memorize Spurgeon or something. Hogwash. Go sit underneath the false gospel. Tell me how long you've sat in that pew. Get your purse for leaving. <laughs> sitting underneath that junk. Go. How, how'd, you set, how'd you set yourself apart? Instinct couldn't keep from it. It's like holding your breath. You're going to breathe sooner or later, ain't you? Instinct. To accept Christ, accept Jesus. That's not love, that's a decision. It's a lie. It's ungodly. It's wicked. It's wicked. If, if, if you're relying on accepting Jesus as your personal Savior back when you were 12 years old, you better hope God saved you. It's not so. That's wrong. We're not brought to Christ by cunning ways and deception. We don't trick people in. I don't bait the hook. If the Lord keeps me, I won't. And put on shenanigans in this place to try to get people in the pews. Any, any, any means to an end, no, we're going to use his means, period. Leah took it in her own hands. Didn't that happen before? Wasn't that a child wanted in this family tree? And they said, well, I got a good idea. How about Hagar? That worked out great. <laughs> Whew. Long time of struggling, wasn't it? We're not brought to Christ by cunning, deceptive things. We're brought to him by the sovereign power and the will of Almighty God through the preaching of the gospel. That's it, preaching a truth, not a lie. 
preaching of the truth, not a lie. And in case somebody thinks that's just my opinion, the Lord says it's through the preaching of truth, not a lie. And so, Leah just wanted a husband and what a husband could give her. She wanted benefits, didn't she? Jacob and Rachel loved each other. There was love there. She was the true bride. She was the bride the covenant was made for. And he served in perfection for her, in completion. He served seven years for her. Seven years. Everything that was asked was met. Every jot, every tittle, wasn't it? That's a long engagement. She was a spouse to him for seven years. And she saw how he labored, little by little. Not all at once, was it? Can't live seven years in the day. People think, well, the Lord's done something in me, and I'm going to learn everything there is to know today. That ain't going to happen. Little by little, little by little, she saw how he labored. She saw how he sweat, how he bled, how he stubbed his toe, how he stood out in the rain, how he did everything. And every day she just thought, that was for me. That's for me. Oh, how he loves me. And then what happens the next day? You see that love grow a little bit. Boy, that, 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 now he really does love me. He does. What's happening in your life? Every day. I, I can't believe it. He loves me today. Still. Still. I don't think he's going to quit. <laughs> he said he wasn't. I'm starting to believe him. <laughs> That's just, this is true, isn't it? Long walk, isn't it? He loved her. Long engagement. She watched him go through all that hardship. All that was done for Rachel, not Leah. All it done was done for Rachel, not Leah. So she had a plan, didn't she? Verse 31 says, And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, she was hated, <laughs> he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. She had some children, there's some offspring there, and obviously there's another facet of this diamond we'll look at it another day. But Rachel was barren, and Leah was having babies. I looked it up to see if that, uh, her... Uh, tender eyes was the same as their eyes bug out with fatness it ain't but I thought of that wasn't it? David said that he said, their eyes bug out with fatness all their kids come over and have Thanksgiving dinner with them everything's going so good and they're getting jobs all over the place they got money coming out their ears all their tomatoes are real ripe and pretty all year long ah isn't that Leah isn't that the church of this world we was talking the other day I said I imagine our, our yearly budget's on the back table that's about what the lot bill is for that place up here. <laughs> A month. <laughs> I don't want to pay their lot bill. That looks pretty. People come in here and visit. So this, this all you got? Well, Lord couldn't be in that place, could he? Couldn't be. The thousands upon thousands of people were gathered for the Passover, the Jews' Passover, in a town called Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. Something's got to be going on there, isn't it? Nope, there's 12 of them up in a room eating dinner. That was it. Mm. Her eyes bugged out with fatness. She looked so productive. She looked so blessed. She had so many offspring. <laughs> so does this present evil world. They got a whole mess of converts, don't they? What about Rachel? She was barren. She couldn't produce life. Have we heard that before? We've been in Genesis for over a year now. Have we heard that one before? Sarah. She was barren. She couldn't produce life. Rebecca, she was barren. She couldn't produce life. Hannah, <laughs> barren. She couldn't produce life. I can't do this by myself. 
Lord's got to give life. He's got to put life in us. Because the religious world, we're barren here. <laughs> Not to the Lord. How, how many goats is worth one sheep? To that Rachel he loved, the Lord says, I've given nations for you. Nations. You're, that ain't fair. That's right. I ain't worth it. <laughs> We're barren without the Lord, and we can't bring forth fruit of ourselves. And Leah kept saying that over and over. Said, if I have another son, he'll love me. I'll have another son, he'll love me. Eventually, she's going to have six. <laughs> if I have another son, he'll love me. And you know the first thing I thought of? That's, has anything changed? Is there anything new underneath the sun? We was in Kansas 10 years ago. And on Craig, the, the military police found this lady and, and charged her and put her in jail. But she was pregnant. She lived off post. And she put on Craigslist, any of you ladies, you remember what I'm talking about, any of you ladies that can't get that man to just commit, I'll sell you a pregnancy test for $50. It's positive. And then, you know, something can happen. I don't know what happened. 13 months, no baby. <laughs> That's what her intent was. I'm going to bend God's arm. Get till he does something for me. Like he's, I've said over and over and over, these prayer chains and these prayer requests and all this stuff, we're going to get together and we're going to pray till God does something. That's a mutiny. Like Andrew Jackson, he may kill every one of them. Don't do that. He said, we've done so many wonderful works in thy name and look at all these converts we've produced. And he said, depart from me, I never knew you. Didn't he? Why? Because he loves Rachel. He loves Rachel. Who's she end up having? Joseph. Oh, that one was love, wasn't it? Wasn't that the favorite? Joseph, who she had. And then another good picture, too. She has Benjamin. The, the baby come in. The final son. And she dies. She gave her life, giving life to that son. A lot of pictures there, isn't it? A lot we can learn. Isn't it? Oh, that we could be a Rachel. <laughs> she was beautiful. You know what that means? She was real good looking. You know what the Lord says about his bride? She's beautiful. She's beautiful. She's real good looking to him. Isn't that amazing? Go read the Song of Solomon. Oh, it don't feel like it, does it? That's so. He said so. And that covenant he entered into all because of love, and he's going to in perfection serve for that one. Something that makes us think. Does that make you say, well, I guess he didn't say, well, I got to. I got to fulfill the law. That's your custom. I guess I'll do it. No, 14 years passed in two sentences, didn't it? He just did it. He did it. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for this family tree you've given us. Lord, thank you for saving sinners, of whom I'm chief. Forgive us for what we are. Lord, forgive us our unbelief and our doubting and our fears. So prone to wonder. Keep us, Lord. Keep us looking to Christ, our kinsman redeemer, who gave all for us and that we might have him. <laughs> we might have life, we might have him. Give us a cheerful spirit, Lord, to not bring reproach on this gospel you've been so tender and given us. Make us faithful servants. Make us productive. And give children here as you see fit, Lord. Produce life and your local assemblies throughout this world daily as you see fit. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.